Hey, I'm Amy Atkinson, and it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence to focus on growing my online business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today. This podcast gives you all the tried and tested ways to grow your business through social media and digital marketing. You'll hear all my home truths and challenges, but also how to navigate them. It's time to get you seen, so let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this month's episode of the Simply Digital Marketing Podcast. I've got the amazing Anne Thomas with me today. Um, Anne is a successful brand photographer. She lives in Essex, and she helps business owners like you guys connect their ideal clients through imagery and share their story. But Anne believes that we all have to have a story to tell and that impactful photography will help capture this in a way that's powerful and authentic. And being human is essential to the success of a small business. But we have got Anne on here today because she's going to tell us about her story. She's going to tell us about her journey and all about niching and basically the importance of niching because I know a lot of you really struggle to niche down. So Anne, welcome. Thank you, Amy. What a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. So tell us about your story or journey to getting to where you are now. Okay, so uh, it started off in art college. I studied graphics with photography and whilst I was in art college I fell in love and then when I finished my degree I went and lived out in Kuwait for 12 years Um, and that's when I was working in advertising agencies and a couple of banks as well just doing the graphic design side of things. Um, but also always with photography in the background then um at that point was it kind of like a sorry I'm interrupting you was that it was more of a hobby for you then it wasn't really your main yeah at the time yeah yeah Yeah. so that that was that was definitely more of a hobby then um so I lived in Kuwait for 12 years and then I came back and you know what it's like when you come Back, when you come back home from abroad, it's like, oh my God, I need a job. I need, I need to earn some money. Mm. So for similar to-, to starting your business, really, everyone goes <laughs> into, oh God, I need to, I yeah. need to earn some money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Be- because you see, so I'm talking about 1990 and 1990, um, photography kind of wasn't a real job. Do you know what I mean? It just kind of, it's not what you really did if you wanted a proper job. Um, However, what was a proper job was teaching. That was a real job. Yeah. So I went into teaching. I trained for two years to be a primary teacher and I loved it. So I taught early years, um, all the little ones for for a number of years. um, And then I kind of, transitioned into teaching children who had English as an additional language. So that was in South Wales. And whilst I was teaching, um, the photography was always, always going on in the background. So, So for example, you know when someone says to you, oh, we're getting married, 
will you come and photograph our wedding? Yeah. And I can remember when I was first asked this, I just thought, oh God. I mean, no pressure on a wedding, is there? Uh, <laughs> you don't, you, you don't really. Images. <laughs> exactly. And you don't get that second chance, do you? No. So my first few weddings terrified me, hmm. but I kind of took a deep breath and thought, oh, just, just, just do it and come on and you can do it. So I, so I did a few weddings and that kind of progressed to little family shoots and little newborn shoots. So this was going on whilst I was teaching full time. Um, not really getting paid for any of this, no. which was fine because I was kind of building up my experience yeah. with the camera and and also kind of, you know, handling the clients because that's also a big part of it. Anyway, this was all going fine. Um, and then people were happy to pay me. And you know, when you, you get paid for something you love doing, it's like, wow, oh, wow. This is, this is like almost a dream, you know? And then I kind of thought, um, wouldn't it just be amazing if I could ditch the day job and just do the photography? Yeah. Um, how, oh, I mean, how do you do that? How do you ditch the day? How do you ditch a very sensible job that pays a nice regular income into your bank account each month, pays all the bills? How can you drop that? and step into something which is so unpredictable, so unknown. So I, I kind of thought to myself, well, you can forget that idea, man, because that's not really going to happen, is it? <clears throat> Your sensible head got screwed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> exactly. So, you know, time went on and I thought, oh, come on, Anne, this would be so, this would be so good if you could just ditch the day job. So I then put... Um, things in place so that I could make this happen and basically it was financial stuff because I was living in South Wales um, I'm not married so I don't have if you like the luxury of another income coming into the home where mm. do you know what if it all goes pear-shaped at least we've got my husband's income still yeah. so, so I didn't have that so for me, it was a massive, massive step if I was going to do this. So I kind of sat down and thought, right, okay, if this is going to happen financially, what have I got to get rid of? And I knew I had to get rid of the mortgage, had to get rid of the credit cards. Um, and I think those were the only two kind of debts I had back then. So because I was teaching, um, I worked my socks off and did after school tuition. Right, like private because, tuition. Yeah, private tuition. Yeah. Because you know, I had I had my salary from my teaching job, but I need I needed extra for this kind of saving plan to make this this dream happen. Hmm. So I did lots of private tuition, um, squirreled the money away. And over, I mean, it, it took, I don't know, what did it take? It, it took a few years to get to that point, 
but I actually did it. I mean, much to my surprise, I actually managed to get to a point where I had no debt. Um, and then I shocked everybody by resigning from this very sensible job. Yeah. And at, at the time, my three children were living in Essex. So I knew I was also going to move to Essex when I resigned from teaching. Yeah. So I resigned from my job. What, what do they say? The three, what are the most stressful things you can do in life? So I resigned from my job, sold my house and purchased a house in Essex. Yeah. I think the only thing I didn't do was get divorced. And I think there's another one. Is it a death in the family? But anyway, so I did, I did that. Um, I would say at this point, I would not recommend buying a house in Essex with Welsh money because <laughs> <laughs> you don't get a lot for your Welsh money when you're trying to buy a property in Essex. Yeah. However, I did it. I managed to do it. And that is when I remember moving up to Essex in what would have been the summer, the school summer holidays. And I think it was kind of like, I don't know, maybe day two or three of being in the new house. I remember sat on the sofa in the lounge <laughs> and just going, um, what do I do now? What do I do now? I'm up here. I've, I'm not teaching anymore. Um, what do I do? How do I do this business malarkey thing, you know? Because I know how to take photos. I can take, I can take a really good photo. But how do I actually make money so that I can turn this into a business and live off it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't know the answer <laughs> to that. I really didn't have a clue. So I don't think many people do, do they? We always go into freak out mode when we first start. Yeah. It's so hard because, mm. because where do you learn this stuff? Okay, maybe if, um, you know, you were raised in a family of, I don't know, business owners, entrepreneurs, maybe you'd, you'd have an insight into it. Yeah. But I genuinely didn't have a clue what I was doing. Yeah. So I started off by contacting all my local NCT toddler groups. Yeah. In the area. And I thought, right. <clears throat> I will go along there because um, it's full of babies, it's full of mums. Um, and I offered to do themed photo shoots, you know, like Halloween, Christmas, Easter, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So they welcomed me with open arms, um, for which I was eternally grateful. They welcomed me with open arms. And I started off going along there. Um, but I mean, bearing in mind, this was only seasonal. So my first one would have been Halloween in October. Yeah. And then I, and then I did a Christmas one. So I went to the local toddler groups and set my backdrop up and my lights and my props and everything else. Um, and I started doing those themed photo shoots, um, which I'd like to add in here. If there are, if there are any photographers listening, it's not for the faint-hearted. Go into toddler groups <laughs> and setting up your beautiful backdrop. Yeah. 
is quite likely to get cheese all over it, banana, yes. raspberry, dirty yes. fingers, basically. Yeah. It will get wrecked. So it has to be bomb proof. That, that would be one piece of advice <laughs> for any photographers listening. And you cannot be precious over anything that you take along there, apart from your lights and camera, obviously. So I started off doing that. Um, and then I was frantically posting on Facebook. I mean, I was posting into Facebook groups all the time, into, um, you know, the, the mums groups, the toddler groups, just posting, 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 posting. And it was hard. It was so hard. It was really, really hard work. And I I think for me, because I was new in the area, so for starters, nobody knew me. Nobody knew this Anne Thomas person. So I, I kind of didn't really have any street cred behind me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and, you know, people were saying, you just got to get out there, Anne. You just got to get out there. And I'm thinking... But I'm trying to get out there. I mean, how? what else do I do to, to get out there? I'm all over Facebook. I'm all over Instagram. Um, then I started talking to other photographers. I got to know other photographers. Um, and what kept cropping up was this word niche. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they would say to me, <clears throat> you need to niche Anne. Now, so at the time, what you need to understand is, is that I was skint. I mean, I was absolutely skint. Yeah. Um, I was new to the area. Uh, so I would literally photograph anything that moved. If it moved, I'll photograph it. Yeah. So doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a newborn, a family shoot, a wedding, whatever you want me to photograph, I will photograph it. That was my mindset at the time. Yeah. So when people started saying, that's the problem, Anne. That is the problem. You need to niche and your prices are too low. You're too cheap. You'll be known as the cheap photographer. Yeah. And my response to both of those were... I remember on the, you're the, you'll be known as the cheap photographer thing. I remember thinking, but how can I, how can I raise my prices when I'm really struggling to get clients at this price? Yes. And yeah. that was a real big one for me. I could not get my head around that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're how assuming that everyone places value on literal like money as opposed yeah. to what does everything yeah. look like yeah <clears throat> and then I would yeah. go and stalk other photographers to see what they're charging yeah um, some of them were charging cheaper than me which devastated me I'll be honest I just thought oh my god there's someone cheaper than me down the road yeah. they're all going to her <laughs> yeah you just assume that they're going to somebody else yeah don't you? So then, so then you, I fell into the trap of, I better drop my prices then. So I played around with dropping my prices. Oh, and by the way, on, on, on the topic of pricing, 
I also didn't have a clue what I should be charging because that is such a difficult thing to do to price your service. I think, I think if you're a service-based business owner, <clears throat> it's, I found it really, really hard to know how much to charge for, for example, a two hour family photo shoot. Yeah. How much do you charge for that? <laughs> I remember a grandma messaging me on Facebook in response, she'd seen, she'd seen one of my posts promoting family shoots. And at the time I was charging 125 pounds as a shoot fee and then prints or wall art would be additional on top of that. Right. But at the time, because I was in desperate mode, I was offering a free 10 by eight print to go with this, this photography fee, okay? Yeah. So in essence, you could actually get a two hour shoot, family shoot yeah. with me in some beautiful location for 125 quid and get one print bargain okay yeah yeah so this grandma messaged me and she said oh I'm, I'm interested in this for my daughter um how much is it and I messaged her back and said it's 125 pounds and you get a complimentary 10 by 8 print and she messaged me back and said <laughs> are you ready she said that is the most expensive print I have ever purchased what and I thought, oh, <gasps> I, I was, yeah, I, I, I was like, oh my God, 125, oh, and I was, it, it quite upset me at the time. I remember being quite taken aback and upset at the time. And all it did was fuel my frustration, my insecurity, yeah. Over pricing, over what on earth am I doing? Should I even be doing this? Maybe I should just jack it all in and do supply teaching. Yeah. You know, it's really, really hard. Yeah. At the very beginning. Anyway, um, needless to say, she didn't book me because she did <laughs> not want to pay £125 for a 10 by 8 print yeah um anyway time was going on and and i was getting more bookings um i also joined a networking group and i was still doing anything that moved weddings newborns whatever yeah and that was that was up until pre-covid so what's that, two years ago? So yeah. pre-COVID, my website would show everything. It would show weddings, newborns, families, CrossFit events, the lot, okay? So if you went on my website back then, you would see all of the genres that I was genuinely very happy to photograph. Yeah. Because that was the other thing I would say to these photographers, when they'd say to me, you need to niche, I would say, but why would I niche? Because I genuinely love photographing the weddings yeah. and the newborns and yeah. the families. I, I genuinely love doing all of them. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> then 
I love this because I hope this has given people light bulb moments because when I talk to people, they're, they, they literally say all of these things to me. Oh, but I love helping X, Y, Z people and all of these people. And, and actually they all pay me the same amount of money. Or, you know, it's just great. I need to do all of this all the time. And I'm like, yeah. no. <laughs> yes. But do you know what? It's it's a I think it is a really hard bit of mindset to take on board. It, it took me years. It's a really, really hard one because when you are working for yourself, you are doing everything. Unless, of course, you have reached the position where you can outsource things. But oh boy, I was not in any position to be outsourcing anything because I wasn't making any money. I, I, I just wasn't making any money. Yeah. So. And it's so, so interesting that all of the things that you've talked about, whether it's you don't know where or how to go about people knowing who you are, whether you're new to an area or not, you might not be, you might not know anybody who actually wants what you're offering. <clears throat> Yeah. and then price is such a huge thing and we all we all freak out and we go for the cheapest because that's what we think is the most likely to get us results <clears throat> none yeah. of these things make a difference really yeah. yeah it's just niching is just it is a bigger part of your business strategy but it is such a huge important part because it literally informs the rest of your strategy yeah. When, you, when you've niched down, we'll talk about this in a, in a second, but you'll know how much people can afford. You'll know what they expect to pay for whatever your service is or your product. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, as you were. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree with all of that, but I couldn't see it back then. I no. just couldn't see it. And I think it's because, um, you know, it's, that, it's the old thing, isn't it? Can't see the wood for the trees. It's because you're so bogged down with posting on Facebook, posting on Instagram, um, getting out to the toddler groups, um, doing, doing the, the wedding fairs, doing just doing everything. Oh, my accounts have to be in as well. Just doing everything that, you know, when someone throws the word niche at you, you want to say, you're having a laugh, aren't you? You are having a laugh because I have to, photograph. Want to swear at them if you swear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I have to photograph everything to try and get some income in and you're telling me what not to do weddings not to do newborn if if it's family I want to niche in I don't do the others and I yeah anyway I did not get that and then it got to probably the year before COVID and I did a five-day challenge on brand photography. Right. And now why did I do this five-day challenge? Who knows, but I did. I thought I'll, I'll give this a go. So I did the five-day challenge on brand photography and I loved it. And I thought, oh, now this niching malarkey maybe this is what I niche 
down to because for me brand photography it was a bit of portrait photography so a bit of portraiture um outdoor photography it can involve events it can involve a little bit of product photography so it's, it's kind of like a smattering of a few different genres so I started playing around with brand photography um, and I was still doing everything else by the way but I started playing around with brand photography and then of course COVID hit us all and then we're all just stopped in our tracks then aren't we but do you know what for me that was the best best time ever for my business yeah because um well because nobody was doing anything we couldn't go out all our businesses came to a halt but what it gave me was thinking time and reflection time yeah. which would not have happened had covid struck yeah so <clears throat> i signed up to a photography's business mentor so the mentor I work with only works with photographers I signed up with him and I was in the kind of mind frame of well let's do it what's the worst that can happen I've just wasted my money okay yeah. and, and I'll just have to suck it up so I signed up with him and of course I've got all this time on my hands and I really loved his content so I started plowing my way through his content, which involved things like your ideal client, yeah. um, marketing. And on the topic of ideal client, at that point, I thought I knew who my ideal client was, because if you'd have asked me, so who's your ideal client then, Anne? I would say, uh, I would say something like, well, it's going to be somebody who has worked in the city, uh, in the city of London. So she knows the corporate world. She understands the need for photography and she's now set up in business. And I thought that was a pretty, um, pretty good description of an ideal client um, until I really had to do some work on my ideal client work. It's a good start. You're probably at that point, you're probably further ahead than an awful lot of people. <clears throat> ah, yes. Well, it it just wasn't enough, though. It, no. it just wasn't enough, which I hadn't realised at the time. So I'm doing work on my ideal client. And within that ideal client work were things like... Um, I needed to look at websites that my ideal client looks at. Now, initially, my response was, well, I don't know what they look like, what they look at. I don't know what websites they look at. Okay. And then, you know, when you think, no, come on now, be sensible. Don't just, don't just, you know, blurt out the first thing you think of. So I started looking at websites that I thought my ideal client would be looking at yeah. and I found there were websites like the Apple website yeah John Lewis yeah white company mm -hmm. um, very clean simple website yes yes and then I learned that if your ideal clients are looking at these websites then your website 
needs to reflect that. And I thought, yeah. oh my God, why didn't I think of this before? It was like that light bulb moment, you know? Yeah. And once, once I realized that, I just thought, Anne, this is, this is so obvious. Why had you not thought of this before? But I hadn't. Uh. And I think that's normal. A lot of people don't even think about stuff like that. They're, they do get stuck in the demographics, if you like, which is exactly yes. where you were. And they don't yeah. then think about the behaviours, the thoughts, the feelings, the challenges, the vision that yeah. your, your ideal client then wants, because that's then going to inform the sort of content you post, the sort of language, yeah. and I don't mean English or French, I mean the sort of wording that they yeah. use. Tone of voice, yeah. 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 Honestly, it was such a light bulb moment for me. So I did all this work on my ideal client, which included looking at websites that they are looking at and making a note of the font. What's the weighting of the font? Is it, a, is it a bold font? Is it a lightweight font? Is it italic? Is it uppercase? Is it lowercase? Now, remember, I've got a graphic design background. So I was fascinated with all of this. What colors are used on the website? It, are, are these websites dark in color? Are they light in color? Are they clean? And of course, all the websites I was looking at, they were all clean, light, white, off-white, pastel-coloured websites. Okay, so the penny's beginning to drop now. Okay, it's taken up to this point, but the penny is now beginning to drop. So I then realised that I've now got to completely revamp my website, and I switched over to Squarespace because I love their templates. Yeah. And they had nice clean templates, which I thought would fit my brand, my, my yeah. new spangle dangle ideal client. So I started working on my website. Um, so you have, to, you have to bear in mind that the, the, the penny is dropping a little bit more every day I'm working on all of this, okay? Yeah. I then, so when, <laughs> have you ever revamped your website and thought, this won't take long, maybe, maybe a month, maybe two months max, and I'll have this new website done. Well, that was my thought. But as I'm getting my head around Squarespace, I just thought to myself, I'm putting all this work into this new website. I'm actually going to get a copywriter on board. Now, yeah. I'm not saying everybody has to get a copywriter on, on board, but if you have the funds to invest in a copywriter, do it. Because I was the person who for years had said, why would you want a copywriter? I can string a sentence together. My grammar is pretty good. My spelling is pretty good. I, I know how to say stuff. I know how to write stuff. Why would anybody invest in a copywriter? Um, because they are experts in writing copy that catches 
the heart and emotions of your ideal client. And that's just putting it in very simple terms. So I took on board a copywriter. Um, I also took on board um, a marketing expert who could help me with my vision, mission and statement. So it's all beginning to come together now. Mm -hmm. And in this journey, I was getting more clarity on where my business needed to go. And I realized that <clears throat> this website is only going to be brand photography. Yeah. Nothing else. It doesn't mean that if somebody asks me to do their wedding, it doesn't mean I can't do it. No, exactly. You, you know, when you sort of, you, you have to give yourself a talking to, this is the stage I'd got. I'd, I kind of had to give myself a talking to. It kind of went along the lines of, whilst you're niching in brand photography, it doesn't mean that if your next door neighbor's getting married, you can't photograph her wedding. And as simple and obvious <laughs> as that is, that was, that was another light bulb moment, you know, where I just thought, oh, Anne, Anne, just sort it out, girl, because you, you can niche, you, you, you are going to niche, but it, it doesn't mean that everything else within the photography genres are completely ruled out. But what it does mean is that by niching down to brand photography, and that, that is where my passion is, when people go on my website, they haven't got to plow through the wedding photos and the newborn photos yeah. <clears throat> and everything else to get to the brand photography section. Yeah. And that was another light bulb moment because if somebody wants brand photography and they, and they went onto my website back then, I... I'm definitely not positioning myself as the expert because um, look, okay. hey ho, she does weddings as well. And she does newborns and she does families and she does cake smash. Oh, and there's the brand photography. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing. So it all went off the website. It all got removed and the new website just had the brand photography on. And that's how it is today. And um, I also upped my game on LinkedIn. Yeah. That's where so your ideal client hangs out. That's where, that's where my ideal client is absolutely hanging out. So I upped my game on LinkedIn. And um, in fact, I upped my game on social media altogether. Uh, LinkedIn is my number one platform. Mm. I'm still on Instagram. I'm still on Facebook but I only post brand photography now. Yeah. No more weddings, no more newborns, no more cake smash. It doesn't mean that Anne Thomas Photography has ditched the weddings and will never ever photograph another wedding in her life. Mm. <laughs> I've got a wedding at the end of July. Yeah. But I don't promote anything except brand photography because that is what I want to do. That's what I want to be known for. I want to be known as the go-to photographer for brand photography. And 
the only way to do that in your business is to niche. Otherwise, you're a jack of all trades. Master of none. Yeah. So it it's taken me a while. Maybe I'm a slow learner. I don't know. But it's taken me a while. Um, but I got there. The penny dropped. My recommendation is to surround yourself with people who lift you. Yeah. If, if there are, and you know, I used to hear this as well, and I never really understood what was meant by this. You know, when people would say, oh, just surround yourself with, you know, with people who are going to, um, you know, lift you up. And, <clears throat> and I used to think, well, surely everybody does that, don't they? Don't we all lift each other up? Um, no, not everybody. And Some people, especially close friends and family, they often put you down because of yeah. their fears and their concerns and yeah. their worries. Yeah. I literally had, like speaking of pricing, I literally had that with somebody in my family because um, yeah. I didn't know what to charge first off. And I can remember having the conversation, giving them a call and just saying, look, what you've got your own business. What, what would you pay for? What would you want? This person has never, ever sought out social media help at mm. all in their life, in their business. They've always done it themselves. And so they said, oh, maybe 15 pounds an hour. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh, well, I may as well stay in corporate then. <laughs> if, yeah. uh, I'm going to charge yeah. that. Because it's not just the hour also with service businesses. It's not just the hour you're with the client either. It's the... The business development it's the accounting yeah. you can't charge for stuff like that it's the social media time that you're spending on social media promoting yourself it's all of the other stuff so if you were only charging as little as whatever that is for you yeah. then you may as well be working in corporate because then at least you're only working nine till five but you're actually bringing yeah. of the yeah. right income in yeah so um anyway we are one thing that I think would be really helpful to know is you've gone through this epic journey to get to niching down and it's taken you a while and it often takes people a while it took me even though I <clears throat> when I was working in corporate and we had ideal clients for big big companies have ideal clients mm. they literally they might have six because they've got the brand recognition already yeah, but they still have ideal clients. They still have certain behaviors from those clients at certain times of year. And I talked about those in every meeting that I had. But when I went off into business, I freaked out. I was like, I don't know what to charge. I don't know who to target. I'm just going to yeah. have anyone, anyone who's anyone who needs help on their social media. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I didn't just offer social media at the time. I'd do web development. I'd do branding. I'd do copywriting. I'd do anything. you want, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. So we all, I think it's normal to go through it because of the fear factor of you need to pay the bills. Yeah. Um. So... I, d I don't like to say to people, you know, you're wrong when you're feeling this way and you're not doing something, but because it is so normal, but it is insanely different when you actually start to niche down. So what what's the impact 
on your business and like what are the sort of results that you are now getting because you've niched down to branding photography um the 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 biggest change which i know this is going to sound really silly is that my business is now in profit it's as silly that's amazing (laughs) (laughs) pre-covid my business was not in profit and i i don't mind admitting that you know for years it was not in profit and it's not going to be in profit with the way I was running it pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, and, and COVID was the turning point for me. My business is now in profit. Yeah. And I think that is absolutely incredible when so many businesses and no disrespect to the people that have lost their business in COVID, it has been a tough I know. time. I know. But those that have really done what you've done which is done the investment done the time investment financial investment into making their business better those that have done that have seen huge results off the back of it Mm. Um, and I think that the fact that you've sought external help as well with your coaches and the copywriters and the marketing help is also really good because it gets other people's eyes into your business when often when we just look at something ourselves it's really hard to as you said earlier on see the wood through the trees yeah um so one thing that I know that people and you probably did touch on this already but a lot of people struggle on how to decide on their target market so you you did a course didn't you was that literally the only thing that helped you decide on your target market? No, I knew who I wanted to work with. So because I I had this huge experience behind me, you know, photographing different types of people, I knew who I wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, you, You know, there are always people that you prefer working with and it can be for all sorts of reasons. So I already knew that I wanted to work with with people who were probably in their early stages of of business. Um, Because I I just have this, I think because of my struggle in trying to get my business off the ground and and actually get it into profit, um, because I've learned so much and let's face it, nobody really likes to struggle. I, I just had this thing where all I want to do is to try and help other people so that they don't have as many struggles. And in my journey, I realized how important it is to be visible and get yourself out there, but how blinking hard it is, how hard it is. So I knew the sort of people that I wanted to work with, which is where my kind of vague description of the ideal client came in. Oh, well, you know, they would have worked in the, in the city. They, they, they're used to photographers coming in and out and they understand that they need, they need photographs. Um, yeah, that was kind of the starting point, as you said. Yeah. But I, yeah, I knew who I wanted to work with. I just had to be much more specific and dig deeper. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool. Okay. So then on that note, what advice would you give someone who knows they need to niche down? They've already started getting those light bulbs that you had in your yeah. journey, um, but they're really, they're struggling to, whether it's because they love helping everybody or whether it's because they're still a little bit nervous that niching down, they won't have enough clients or whatever that is. What advice would you give to them? I think talk to business owners um, who are in a similar line of business as you who have niched and yeah. get their take on it. Yeah. Um, and talk to business owners who are not in your line of business as well. You know, like, I mean, you know, I mean, like, you know, me. So, you know, if, if you are, I don't know, if, if, you're, a, if you're a coach, and you're happy to coach anybody and everybody who, who wants, you know, a variety of things. And you want to come and talk to me, a photographer who's nothing, you know, who's not similar to your line of business at all, then, you know, feel free to do so. But talk, talk, to, talk to other businesses who have done the niche, who have now niched. Um, and see what their stumbling blocks were and see what their wins were, see what the benefits are. But also, I would, if you can, invest in external help. And on the external help bit, you know, whether that is a business coach, um, do your research and go on recommendations because um, I always find with business coaches, it's a weeny bit of a gamble because yeah. it's it's not tangible, is it? It's not like buying a product in a shop where you can pick it up and touch it, you can smell it, you can, you know, you can do all of that. So if you're going to invest in a coach, really do your homework on that. Yeah. That would be my recommendation. Yeah. And that's that's really good advice on coaching, actually. Because when I first went into having a coach I every single one of my coaches have, have been fantastic for me at that time yeah. um but when I first went into having a coach I didn't even think about that I all I thought was that I wanted to see better results in my business I'm going to go for a coach literally went for the first one I came mm. across now I don't have a coach at the moment but it's because I'm looking for something quite specific so yeah at the time my last coach it was all about sales I wanted someone who was a sales expert um, before that it was just in general helping me on money mindset issues before that it was how to fit in like generally business and life balance yeah. but that it's only now that I've reflected that I knew that that's what I got from those different coaches Whereas now I'm like, right, I need to find a coach who's an expert in blah, because that yeah. is what, what I need to develop. So whether it's social media, whether it's um, somebody who will help you through any limiting beliefs, whether it's maybe a, a, a specialist in your industry, just have a little think about what's going to be best for you, I'd say. Yeah, because not all coaches are equal. No, no, exactly. And you and with coaching as well I think you know they're not 
they're well worth their weight in gold it is an investment but they really really do help your business especially if you've decided that that's what you need help in because it just means that you're almost putting your money where your mouth is and you want to make it work yeah definitely and thank you sorry was there anything I I was I was just going to add to that and when you find your coach put the work in Yes, because it's not a magic pill that your coach is going to give you. No, and you you can't then sit back and go, oh, I've now got my business coach. I'm going to be sorted now. Well, you'll only be sorted if you put the work in. Yeah. And you put the work in. They don't do it for you. You're not going to do it for you. Unfortunately, (laughs) no. Oh dear, and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And I really hope that that helps other people realise all of the different things that people can go through when they're niching down. And it isn't easy, but it is so worth it in the end. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you're welcome, Amy. Thank you for asking me on. Um, If anybody wants to drop me a message and chat further, I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah, and I'll in the show notes, I'll put your website in and all of your Instagram, your LinkedIn links, all of that kind of stuff. So people know where to find you really easily. Thank you so much. Have a good week. Bye.